You're at Lockdown Women's Basketball, your first listen every single day, and we are here to talk about the Dallas wins. Lockdown Women's Basketball starts now. You are Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a very happy Monday to you. I have Ari Graham here, and I'm so excited to be talking about women's basketball, which is in full swing on the WNBA side. There are training camps. My Twitter is overwhelmed with pictures of players practicing. We're talking to coaches. We're talking to players on Zoom. I got people at the next, the nexthoops.com. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you subscribe. Covering all of these teams. And Ari Graham is with us talking about the Dallas Wins, who are always interesting. So, Ari, what are you most excited about? I know you get excited like I do about this. For the Wings, I'm most excited for the stability that's about to come. Like last season, under Coach Vicki Johnson and uh, her first year, they just had to kind of see who they were. And I don't think an identity was necessarily established last season. There were so many starting different starting lineups. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had people in and out with overseas commitments, a couple of injuries, and then your Olympian had to go take care of business in the three-on-three with uh, Alicia Gray. So uh, those are kind of the things that I'm most excited about, just getting to know who the Wings actually are. Let's talk about what that means. And because I thought it was so interesting, you and I had a conversation about this after Tierra McCowan came in. Mm-hmm. And there was talk about, well, how do you sort of reconcile this? Vicki Johnson wanted them to lead the league in pace. They were ninth in the league in pace, which doesn't do it. Tierra mm-hmm. McCowan, in theory, does not increase their ability to play faster. How do you reconcile it? What are you hearing about the way in which they intend to play? Well, I don't think she's going to be a player that's going to get a ton of the minutes. I think it's going to be split between her and Charlie Collier. Um, With that, I think the pace will be fine. She'll be in uh, when things need to go faster. I think on the offensive rebounding aspect and then even the rebounding aspect, period, getting that ball out uh, to the shooters, to Arike, to get it down, uh, I think that'll be just fine just because they are so good at shooting. But if it's a slow night, a bad shooting night, I think we'll see more of Charlie Collier to get that pace going, to get things picked up. I agree with you. And, and Charlie is a really interesting player. We're going to get into her in a little bit. I do want to take a couple of moments if I could first. Uh, you need to follow Ari at WNBA Love. Uh, which is just such a great Twitter uh, handle. <laughs> Kudos on that. And I also want to pay some bills. Uh, so we want to talk about Bet Online, which betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Bet Online is your continued source for sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports. And most importantly, from my perspective, women's sports betting. Uh, I am not somebody who wagers, but I'm somebody who believes in the equality of the opportunity. And if we have the opportunity to 
wager on women's sports the way we do on men's sports. It's increasing the eyeballs and it's closing those gaps. So the fact that Bet Online does that is very important to me, and I'm glad they do it. Head over to the website, betonline.net today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And when it comes to where the game starts for the Dallas wins, it's a good place for us to be talking about, I hope you like that segue, where their offense starts, and that is at the point guard position. Now, Mary, I'm looking at the roster, and it looks to me like the Dallas wins have four primary point guards, which Mm -hmm. seems like a lot. Uh, Veronica Burton is a player who I thought the world of at Northwestern, an elite two-way player, and we're going to talk about her strengths for sure, but just what was your initial reaction when you saw the wins are adding a point guard to a roster that already has, you know, Marina Mabry, who did uh, quite a bit, Mariah Jefferson, uh, who I think very highly of dating back to her UConn days, especially when she's healthy, and uh-huh. Ty Harris as well, who comes, you know, with pedigree from South Carolina and has shown some early promise. Well, I'm looking at it like this. When Mariah was in the lineup, she just played very limited minutes. So you're going to need that uh, backup with Ty Harris and uh, Veronica Burton, uh, just in case, you know, she gets injured or her minutes need to be limited more. Uh, Ty Harris can be used more. She was kind of limited on the bench, um, but it also give Burton the opportunity to learn and grow behind those veteran players. Having Burton right away, a player who makes relatively few mistakes, Mm -hmm. limits your turnovers. I know that's typically not what you expect out of a rookie. Mm -hmm. But in what you're seeing, do you see her as potentially somebody who could grab this starting job? It it very much was up for grabs over this recent period of time. I definitely think she has the opportunity to do it. I just think it's going to be really tough. Um, I really think that Ty Harris is going to get more of an opportunity to shine this year. Um, you know, given that if she makes it through the the training camp, it, like you, just, you said, it's up for grabs and it's going to be very tough. But I believe that she's going to get more of an opportunity and we'll see her a lot more. I, I, I find Ty Harris interesting. The thing I loved <laughs> about Ty Harris, and I'm paraphrasing, it was something like, don't take it as an insult, take it as an opportunity, a tweet she put out there after the wins, drafted another point guard. To me, that didn't strike me as anything other than an ultra-competitive player and precisely what you want. Does that dovetail with what you've seen from her when you know in your time covering this team? Yeah, I really like uh, the way Burton is starting off. Um, Her attitude just seems really calm, uh, but at the same time, she seems ready to go and almost um, just pretty prepared just walking into a training camp based off of her experience and, like she said, just leading uh, with her defense. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to make a comment about what you said with the uh, guards. Um, With Mabry, she doesn't have to run the offense. She's more of a shooter. So, you know, they'll take her – off to the side. We'll see the ball uh, out of our hands a lot less. Same thing with Arike. They were kind of trying to balance it a little bit when uh, Mariah was out. So I think uh, that'd be better to have them on the outside. See, it's so interesting you say that. It's such a great point, right? I think of Mabry and Arike as playing as a backcourt, as a tandem, mm-hmm. both because that's what they did at Notre Dame and what they did, obviously, 
with the Dallas wins as well. But mm -hmm. it's very true. Mabry is such a good spot-up shooter. She's somebody who absolutely, in a world without Arike being on her team all the time, probably mm -hmm. plays a lot of two. So that you see her as spelling Arike, in other words, and more of uh, in the off-guard pot when it comes to thinking about where she gets her minutes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And, and so, all right, so let's take it down now. A three-headed point guard, right? Mm -hmm. How healthy is Mariah? I know I, I covered her at UConn. She was a game-changing player at UConn. Mm -hmm. And she was healthy. She was healthy at UConn. And she was able to get to the rim on unlimited amounts, despite the mm -hmm. fact that she is smaller than virtually everyone on the court. Mm -hmm. And she was an elite three-point shooter. She's she's just in a world that Brianna Stewart did not exist. She easily could have been a number one pick that year or many other years. That's the level of player she was on both ends of the floor. But where's her game here in 2022? And is it unfair to be hoping for a return to that Mariah Jefferson? You know, I think we saw flashes of you know, her getting to the basket and being effective as a point guard in the small amount of minutes that she's had. I don't think we're going to see the Mariah from UConn uh, anymore. I think that she's gone through too many injuries. You know, those knee injuries are tough to work through. But I think we'll definitely see uh, more of an improvement. I uh, see that she's been training a lot and we should see just a few more minutes from her and uh, just hopefully and, you know, there's no injury, but uh, there's more likely of an injury than um, her returning to the player that she was back in UConn. Uh, that is, unfortunately, I think sad but true and something mm -hmm. that I agree with. But, you know, one of these, it's a whole other discussion. But the truth of the matter is, I don't think there's a full understanding of how great that 2016 UConn team was, in part because those players who went one, two, three were Brianna Stewart, who has had the great career to follow it up. But Mariah, who at number two was absolutely a lottery pick worthy of the pick. And then at number three, Morgan Tuck, who, again, you know, banned knees, right? Because uh -huh. she had these knee issues that, you know, now she's in the front office. And, but Morgan Tuck was an elite player. She learned how to shoot 40% from three. She was just this rugged rebounder. I mean, in a lot of ways, a healthy Morgan Tuck might have had the second coming to Swin Cash's career. So I'm disappointed for numerous reasons, not least of which that they're great human beings, both of them, but that we didn't get a chance to see them uh, mm -hmm. fully engage with the league. Um, yeah. I wanted to make sure that you fully engage with all that Locked On has to order and uh, has to offer rather. And Locked On, women's basketball is your first listen, but make sure your next listen is Locked On NBA, Locked On Now. You have a lot of different options. You can go find them wherever podcasts are found. Locked On has a wonderful array of different options for you. So you make us your first listen, but check out everything that Locked On has for the basketball fan. And another thing I want you to check out is Built Bar. It is that time of year where a lot of people have given up on their New Year's resolutions. Not me. Not me. You know why? Because I'm eating Built Bar Puffs, protein-infused marshmallow, 100% real chocolate, 17 grams net protein and only 130 calories. I mean, you're just not going to compare that to any other candy bar that is out there. It's not a candy bar. It is a protein bar. So go to Built.com, 
and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And as I've told you many times, my mom loves them. Tell them Grandma Myrna sent you. <laughs> so let's talk a little more about Ty Harris. All right, what can Ty Harris be? And if we if we think of Mo as a change of point guard, a change of pace point guard, is Ty Harris the future at the point? Is Veronica Burton the future at the point, or is that something that we're going to find out here in twenty twenty two? Yes, in terms of the future, that is something that we're going to find out here in twenty twenty two. I think that Ty Harris has a big opportunity to kind of show you know, what she can provide to the Dallas Wings. She was just so limited last season. Mm -hmm. And with Veronica coming in, she's going to need that time to learn. Um, I think Ty Harris will be able to showcase what she can do. Um, in terms of the future, I mean, de depending on how Burton does, you know, what's going to separate her um, from Ty Harris? Is it going to be, you know, being a true point guard? Is it going to be her defense? Uh, we didn't get to see a lot of that from Ty Harris last season. So, um, 2022 is going to be really interesting. The thing I love about Burton's game at the collegiate level, and we didn't see this from Harris, part of it's a consequence of the offense that they run at South Carolina, which is very much a share the ball scenario. So you don't see the high assist percentages. There's a similar thing at UConn where the assist percentages tend to hover in the 20s. That is a function of the way in which the team runs. But Veronica Burton, with the ball in her hand, she had an assist percentage of almost 40%. She was eighth nationally, if memory serves. And being able to do that with an, a turnover percentage below 13, uh, which is incredibly low, really speaks to her ability to make good decisions with the ball. And I think gives her a light up coming into this. But, you know, you mentioned the defense, and that's the other part of it, with a steal percentage north of 4%, getting those turnovers turns you into a team that can get – more transition buckets, which I know was something that Dallas and Vicki Johnson in particular wanted to make sure they got more of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you see ultimately a separator coming from the shooting side of it then? You know, Enrique is somebody who shoots in volume. We're still talking about a player who obviously is otherworldly in terms of her ability of getting her own shot, but mm -hmm. is shooting sub 40% from the field. Is that what you need when you're a point guard playing next to Enrique? Oh, yes. You need someone that's going to be able to get her the ball where she needs it. I mean, what if you see Burton and then you have a Google Wiley on one side and then maybe on the other and then you got McCowan down there. And I mean, what are you what are you going to do if she's so I mean, she's going to be so good at getting those assists like it's going to make defenses have to work a lot harder to um, to guard them, to limit them. But I think with the ball more in. Veronica's hands or the point guard's hands, uh, we might see those percentages go up. The other place that obviously they can get more efficient is inside. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about Tierra McCowan that I think is just not talked about is that even though she was somewhat limited with her time on the floor, she was as valuable as virtually anyone in the league. And, and this was in your piece at the time that McCowan was uh, traded for, was that she was 14th in the WNBA since she entered the lead in win shares 
mm-hmm. surrounded by people who started full time. And she was playing, you know, 20, 25 minutes a game, only started if memory serves 49 for 86 games in the league. She's not just doing that with rim protection. She's not just doing that with elite rebounding. She is finishing at the rim. Mm-hmm. And so I was I took with interest your point about, you know, well, she's not going to slow things down because they're gonna have a lot of different players there. Charlie Collier is sort of your classic stretch five. Do you see them as just change of paces or do you see potential opportunities for things like a McCowan, Charlie Collier combination where they go real big? You know, that real big is going to be necessary when you play against the Sparks that just got Liz Cambage. You got, uh, I don't want to say her name wrong, um, but the lady that's in New York uh, that may be playing this year. Um, you are Sabli or Hanshu? Hanshu. Oh yeah, Hanshu. Yes. yes. Yes, and then also six foot nine of her. Yeah. Yeah. See, and then also Las Vegas. Like there weren't any wins against Vegas last season, uh, and I think that was mostly because of they were getting beat down low and they didn't have that size to compete. So um, that's going to be um, a major difference for the Wings having her down there. They need they need her size. They needed that size down there. I'm really curious. Charlie Collier has a motor. Charlie Collier has an understanding of where she fits in the broader basketball landscape. I've just, I've been super impressed with her dating back to her time when Karen Aston first recruited her to come to UT. It's an opportunity, especially with Bella Allery missing the season for Mm -hmm. Charlie Collier to prove that she is worthy of those minutes and to make the most of those minutes. Is there a skill though? that when you think about after having covered her last year, that she needs to bring as sort of the next, like let's say Charlie Collier 2.0 here in the WNBA. I think if she wants to be more of that stretch five, um, get a little better at the outside shooting. Um, She did get a little frustrated down low um, when things weren't going uh, quite how she wanted them to. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of took her out of the game a little bit when that happened. So I think more of a focus down low, being able to finish more, um, that's what we see with the Charlie 2.0. She got to learn a lot last season, um, getting to start and having a lot of those minutes up until, you know, she got injured and mm-hmm. that kind of handed her a little bit. Well, I know she's in the gym getting stronger, so it'll be very mm-hmm. interesting to see. And that's just, you play in this league, you have got to get stronger. There, mm-hmm. <laughs> the players who come out of college with the build – ready to bang against these veteran fives. It's just, it's just asking a lot. So it'd be very interesting to see. I am extraordinarily excited about that. We should talk about the other two draft picks who got selected because they're going to be in camp. Greg Bibb loves to have a hyper-competitive camp. Greg has never met a pick he didn't want to select and mm-hmm. then pick the camp and keep everyone competitive. We talked about that. Uh, in his interaction with media. But I want to start with Jasmine Dickey, who we tried to give as much love as we could over on the collegiate side at mm-hmm. thenetstoops.com and making sure that people understood Jasmine had a historic year mm-hmm. with the Delaware uh, University team scoring. It, it was just, she is on the scouting report first, second, and third when you're doing that at a mid-major like Delaware. Mm-hmm. What is her pathway, if any, to making this roster where it's going to be so tough because there's so much talent in camp? You know, we talk about her scoring um, and everything she did in Delaware. I, mm-hmm. I mean, Dallas, 
you know, they have enough of that. But if she has that path, it's going to be, she's going to have to be very consistent and mm-hmm. train in order to uh, kind of separate herself a little bit. That's, that's going to be how she goes about it. You know, she's 30th overall. And, you know, for those who may not be as familiar with the WNBA draft, a number that shocks me, it kind of blows my mind as somebody who spends more time on the women's side. In the NBA, 57 of the 60 players who were drafted in last year's draft are still with the team that drafted them, whether that's on the team itself or on a G League version of that team. And there's just an opportunity to learn, to grow, to develop. Jasmine Dickey's got two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. Comes right out of school. Most of these players are still in school, you know, trying to finish up, get their degrees. And she's got to go out there and prove it and show her stuff in essentially one or two games in order to prove either to Dallas or to somebody else. Uh, you see even, I, I remember a few years ago, the Liberty had Mercedes Russell in camp. Mercedes Russell, who has proven herself as a very capable WNBA bid. And Katie Smith played her a lot in their second exhibition game, not because there was a roster spot for her, but because Katie wanted to give her a chance to showcase. And so it, it really, that needs to be fixed, but that's obviously a whole other conversation. And the same is true to my mind for someone like Jazz Bond, who put up incredible numbers. Jazz Bond is an efficient and prolific three-point shooter, mm-hmm. a wing who could potentially help this Dallas Wings team. But Jazz Bond's not going to get much of a chance, is she? No, no. I mean, the way Greg Bill put it is just that, you know, no matter what, these players are going to make the Dallas Wings better just because they're going to, I mean, they are talented players that's going to really challenge, you know, the Wings right now. Um, they're just going to be a part of helping the Wings, you know, find themselves, you know, who's who can we plug and play here? Will they work here? Um, so, I mean, we'll see. If nothing else, they're going to do that. But, you know, you mentioned the two and a half weeks to mm-hmm. prove your, prove themselves to a team or, you know, to Dallas, like, it's, it's not really fair. So, I mean, they just have to be really prepared and just do whatever they can to try and separate them and challenge uh, the players um, as much as they can to get noticed. Well, look, I can't stress to all of you enough how much you got to follow Ari at WNBA Love and follow all the work she's doing uh, covering the Dallas Wings over at the Nets. Uh, it, it's always great. Uh, to get the opportunity. And now we get to do it in multimedia form to talk to you as well. So I appreciate your time. Uh, Last thing I'll leave you with uh, before we go is just, what is the number one thing you're looking for out of Dallas Wins camp ahead of, you know, the early May start to this season? Really just seeing if they have more of an established starting lineup. Just, I mean, are they going to just kind of get a glimpse of how they're going to approach the season? Will we see more of Tierra? You know, who's going to be on the outside? How much will we see Kayla Thornton this year? Um, so really just seeing how um, they figure themselves out and put themselves together to start the season. I miss watching Kayla Thornton play defense. Mm-hmm. It just, it gives me energy to watch Kayla Thornton play defense. Yes, yes, indeed. Ari Graham, thank you so much for being with us. And make sure, now that you've listened to us, you go ahead and listen to Locked On NBA as well uh, and all of the Locked On shows. Uh, Until tomorrow, 
because we're here every weekday now. I am Howard Magdal. Thank you so much. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.